I had to mute myself because I started laughing. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to the Reading Entertainment Podcast. This is episode 350, May 15, 2022. I am your uh, permanent forever host, Connor the Cyberpunk Monk. Joining me is my my one and only co-host, co-show person, uh, Aroa McFain. I am permanent. Permanently here sometimes. Uh, I want to welcome everybody to the show. Got a lot of interesting things to talk about, but we usually start the show by talking about the games that we've played in the last week. So, Aroa, where can we find you and what games have you played this week? You can go to aroa.website, of course. It's the website, the only one that I use uh, this week. Um, I played Mountain Blade Warband. Okay. Uh, game's really good. That's um, the the super detailed like chivalry fighter, right? Uh, so it it was kind of the game that I think started the trend of having the like chivalry combat shit. Uh, so that there's because I think you're thinking of literally it's called chivalry the first person like night on night combat game no the one i'm thinking of has this weird like are you five thinking star of star kind of sword system it's it was interesting uh five stars i think it was no. all based off real places too no 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 that uh that's even more recent uh kingdom come deliverance yep that's the one i'm thinking of no mountain blade warband is old as shit um like it has a port for android that only runs on the nvidia shield portable and i i own it um the but, true gamers platform i mean nvidia could sell another one now would be the time nvidia now would be the time get it on that steam deck hype yeah seriously like it has a clamshell um but yeah mountain blade warband is like a simulation uh of old timey stuff uh so you're you start out and you're just a guy with a sword and a shield usually depending on the questions that you answer at the beginning um it has very much that chivalry combat where you move the camera to the right and then click and hold and then move it back to the left to hit uh that kind of stuff but the real fun comes whenever you start gaining troops so you go around to nearby villages and whatnot and you're like hey who wants to join me i'm leading uh, leading some men we're gonna go fuck shit up and then they'll I've, join you i've and, done a little bit of googling is this the the game that had the iconic game of thrones mod like Yes. This was the, the game people played Game of Thrones with before Game of Thrones had its own game. Possibly. Uh, I, I seem to remember there being one, at least. Because uh, it's like, this was kind of like, uh, if if you don't want to be quite so, like, strategy slash micromanagement focused as to play Crusader Kings, you played Mountain Blade, which is why I tried playing it. Because I... I tried playing Crusader Kings either last week or the week before, and it's just, there's too much think and not enough 
stuff happen. Uh, whereas in Mountain Blade, like, there's not a whole lot of think. It's just your your combat is you run into battle and then, like, you can tell your guys to either charge in or stand still. And that's, like, the extent of the strategy. Otherwise, it's just run forward and kill guys. Um, and it's it's so fun. Uh, it's really cool to be able to get, like, 30 or 40 dudes fighting another group of 30 or 40 dudes or or more uh and like there's just the chaos of everything and there are siege battles uh the reason i'm playing this one and not the sequel is because i didn't want to pay money uh that's fair and, and i already had warband and also a lot of people at least whenever uh the sequel came out said that warband was better in a lot of ways I don't know if that's still the case or not, but I figured, yeah, whatever. I'm probably not missing out on a ton. Uh, it's definitely very dated. Uh, it looks like a PS2 game, and that's not even like that. <laughs> it looks like a PS2 game. I mean, it visually whatever. looks I, like PS2. I play basically Flash games mostly nowadays, it seems like, so yeah. graphics don't really mean anything. No, and especially not whenever you have such a such an in-depth simulation going on uh i'm not like super deep into it but just the fact that like if i really wanted to i could instead of being like this knight going around helping the weak and the and the wounded i, I could just be setting fire to each town that i come across and enslaving the populace and like the game 100 supports that play style like there's a there's a stat called prisoner management and that lets you that like gives you like a cap on how many prisoners you can have at any one time, as well as uh, determines your ability to convert prisoners into soldiers, uh, which is pretty fucking cool. So would you recommend it then? Oh, absolutely. Especially because I'm, I'm sure it's cheap now. Uh, like the, the, yeah, it's $20 uh, banner Lord is $50. So, especially if you can find, I'm sure on a key reseller, you can find uh, Warband for like 5 or $10. So, and it goes on sale decently often. It's it's so totally worth it. There's also a uh, spinoff slash like full conversion mod that they sold for money uh, called With Fire and Sword that moves time forward to like the 1800s so there's like guns and shit Ooh. uh and that's sounds pretty cool i haven't played that though um benefits of having a good engine is if it works you could just keep on slapping things on top of it yeah and there are other like full conversion mods that let you do some pretty crazy shit yeah, if this uh, is the one i'm thinking of it's like total conversion yeah and it like it is it is one of those games that has such a huge community that if there's a mod that you want, it's probably out there somewhere. Um, so if you've ever wanted to um, manage slaves, <laughs> this is the game for you, I guess. Yeah, you fucking sick bastard. Uh, the only other thing to mention is the Rift Tracks video game. Ooh, I didn't know they made a video game. Yep, it just came out. Um, it is straight up, uh, what is it? Use your words, was that it? Or was mm -hmm. it, 
words with friends or whatever. No, no, no. It, it, it's uh, I think it was use your words. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because I want to make sure. Um, You're talking about like the Jackbox spinoff. It is like a it, it's very Jackbox esque. Um, it was type in the words and then it what the it dub on. is the game I yep. was thinking of. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah. So what the dub was is a game where there's you watch a clip from a uh from an old shitty movie and conveniently uh publicly domain yeah and then you uh you get to type in a funny thing for them to say instead of the original line and, and then, then a robot it, voice says fart and, instead and, of the actual line and then everyone thinks it's real funny yeah yes i recall this game yeah uh and that's what the rift tracks game is uh just one-to-one except i do have a couple complaints with it um it for one like it, it doesn't mute the audio of the movie entirely whenever it's reading your line so sometimes you can like hear the original line while it's doing the robot voice i don't like that um and by default it if you choose the uh, the option to like read my line instead, uh, or read read my line for me, because I don't know, I can't think of anything. Makes up make something funny for me, game. Uh, if you do that, then by default it reads like it, it has a human voice reading it. Like and they just have pre-dubbed lines that are yeah, hopefully you, relevant. You have the uh, you have the riff tracks guys like saying a joke that they came up with and i know that like on the surface that sounds fine but the problem i have with it is that you're not going to vote for that one because you're going to go oh they didn't try i'm not going to give them points like uh, that may sound unfair but anybody who's played any jackbox type game where it has a do it for me button. Like if you realize that that was one that the game made up, you're not going to pick it. I don't know. Yeah. That, at least that's me. Yeah. But otherwise it's, it's pretty fun. I think what the dub is better. Um, but I also wonder if maybe we're just not playing it right. Cause we're playing it exactly like it's what the dub. And I don't think you're supposed to be doing that. Uh, the game doesn't really tell you how to play it exactly. It just, you know, obviously it tells you what to do, but I wonder if maybe you should be playing it like I'm, I'm recording my own riff tracks and I'm going to say a funny thing on top of the movie and not what is this character saying instead of, of what they should be saying. Um, and that's so probably why it doesn't mean but perhaps it didn't survive contact with the plan yeah i mean it's fun definitely and they added new sound effects that are pretty good it has the it has a bruh sound effect and uh the fish like every good game should <laughs> it has the the like puffer fish uh sound you remember that meme from like several years ago i don't uh, actually it's it's like a puffer fish that a guy is like it, it, he's, they've killed it already or, or they're gonna kill it but they like feed it a carrot and and it goes oh oh <laughs> can you can you just uh put it in and when i listen to this episode later i can hear it then yes i can do that 
right. I don't know why I don't have that on my soundboard already. It's a great sound. But that'll be a fun surprise for future me, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's like the sound effects are good and sometimes you can use those to create effect, but um what I am excited about with it though is that it supports custom clips. So I hope that the community will take other public domain movies, definitely public domain ones, and release clip packs. I think that would be cool. You know what else is going to happen too, right? Is we're we're going to get like Hitler doing a speech and then somebody's <laughs> going to do Jerry Seinfeld stand up over it. <laughs> oh man. What's the fucking the downfall. The downfall thing. Oh, that'd be a good that'd be a perfect one. That would be yeah. great. I might so I might do that. Maybe this is a case of a a good engine. If uh, if the community can put some love into it, maybe there's potential yet. Yeah. So it's only ten bucks too, which I think is well worth it. I assume it's made by the Rift Track guys. Uh it is made by the what the dub people. Like it's it's the exact same people, same engine and everything. It's just this one is Rift Tracks branded. Did you play anything else? Uh How's WoW been? It's WoW, all right. I'm sure it is. <laughs> There's a guy I work with who added me on Discord who was like, hey, you can hit me up if you want to play WoW. And I'm like, I already like barely enjoy playing the game. I don't want to play it with somebody who's new to the game. I'm sorry, guy from work. You just have to like grab him by the shoulders, shake him aggressively, like get out now, <laughs> leave, and don't turn back. And uh, we would do the same to you, Aurora. We we miss you. I mean, you have you did that. It worked for a bit. Yeah, that's true. Oh, oh, uh, best part of the Rift Tracks game. It has the Mister Bungle video. Mister Bungle. Uh. Like, from red versus blue what like where, where they mispronounce bungee is bungle no uh, uh there's a i think it's on the first album from mr bungle the uh the cult hit band that uh mike Patton was in uh either before or like right around the same time that uh faith no more got started um and there's there's some clips that they use from this video it's like a like a children's psa thing from like the 50s uh where they have a little puppet character named mr bungle and he he's just like a gross asshole and uh they they have clips from that psa in there and i freaked everyone out because as soon as i saw it i went oh my god it's mr bungle and like everything else in the game is like just these weird obscure fucking things but of course i know about that because i listened to mr bungle like fucking crazy whenever i was in high school is this does this have any connection to uh i i've done a, a google of this while you were talking just because I, <laughs> I, I still have no idea what the what, what you're talking about and I'm getting some very not good recommendations with this. Uh, so there is also there's also a porn movie where there's a character uh -huh. named Mr. Bungle. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> and they use clips from that too in the in the album. So uh it's not that one though. That's not what I'm referring to. This is a children's PSA. Uh it, it, this isn't the one from uh from the heavy metal band Anthrax. No, it's the okay. the band the band is Mr. Bungle. Like that's the name. Uh the album I think is their self-titled one. Uh, it's either that or it might be Disco Volante, but I don't think so. So, uh, I've I've looked it up on the Wikipedia now because this this makes for riveting audio. <laughs> I I like what they've done where they've totally not taken the uh, the Warner Brothers logo and just flipped it upside down. Yeah, because uh, they were they were on Warner Brothers Records, um, somehow. Somehow, uh, like they they even have a line in, is it Carousel? Yeah, their song Carousel, where they say, "Will Warner Brothers put our record on the shelves?" Because they really didn't think that they were going to get anywhere. Right. Nineteen fifties propaganda film that was part of a segment on the Pee Wee Herman show at one point. That was that was the Mr. Bungle <laughs> film. This keeps on getting weirder and weirder. <laughs> I listened to some weird shit when I was in high school. So good on you, um, Rift Tracks game, for having some obscure 90s prog rock. Not even prog rock, experimental rock. Good yeah. on you. Good job. Anyway. Did uh, you play anything else? No, we're, we're good to go. What, what, okay. What's up? Uh, well, the games that I've played, well, where you can find me, you can also find me at aroa.website. That's where you can find all my relevant links. The one that I want to bring your attention to is Clinton's Core Classics, a Rise of the Rune Lords first edition actual play podcast. Please check it out wherever you can get podcasts. It's a good show. I work hard on it. The games that I played this week, I played Space Station 13, which is, you know, I, I play it every week. It's a fun game. Played a little more of that Star Work, the the, the Star Worker saga, the the Lego, Leg, Lego Mego. Game. Legolas, it's fun, it's fun. Almost done with it. And then what else I did is I started doing some spring cleaning, put away my winter jacket, and I saw my 3ds in the the bin where I keep all of my redundant technology. And I just said, uh, you know what, maybe maybe I'll play all that out and charge it a little bit and have some fun. So I think I started playing through Bocarina at time again. I beat the first dungeon in like 20 minutes just because. This game's almost as old as I am at this point. So maybe I'll end up actually playing that more and maybe I'll put this away. But the 3DS was a good system. I want to just go back for this for, for coming out almost 10 years ago. It still holds up. Yeah. No. I really liked that I could turn it on and it wasn't like, hold on, buddy. I need to connect to the internet and update before we do this. <laughs> just yeah, let I... me do it and go. Did it? Did it make you set the time? Wow. See, uh, whenever you turn on a Sony portable uh, after 10 years, they make you set the time before you can do anything. And it's always kind of annoying. It's not a big deal. I, it's just like just I, enough for me to go. Ugh. My PSP and my Vita had me do that. And then my DS, when I turned that on, had me do that. But the 3DS was good. Good old, good old 3DS having a, having a time battery thing that doesn't give a shit. Good hardware. The 3D effect is still good. 
I, I was a little, you know, like anytime you're doing the future going back in the past, it it can kind of show its age sometime. And it still stands up pretty damn nice. Did you ever use the new 3DS? Uh, I have the, the, the one that I have is the Super 3DS XL, the one that's got the Majora's Max gold on it. I, oh, I think it... that it was the latest one. The one that's got the little, like... It has a little nub? It's got the clit nub, yeah. Oh, okay. Then, then yeah, you have... I was going to say, the original 3DS XL, the, the 3D effect is good as long as you hold it in just the right spot, but my wife got the, the new 3DS XL, the Majora's Mask one, and... Uh, it, like, tracks your face as you move it. Yeah, it works so fucking well. Um, I should also say, if playing... Ocarina of Time makes you later feel like playing Majora's Mask. There is a texture upscale slash redrawn mod that you can get for it that uh, takes all of the textures and someone like went through and actually redrew almost all of them uh, by hand to make them like uh, not necessarily vector, but like the original is vector based and then they made super high res textures for everything in the game out of those i'm guessing uh, that's of uh the n64 version no it's it's the 3ds one okay yeah so it like you get all the benefits of the 3ds version and you get super nice textures and shit um and like modding your 3ds is fucking trivial at this point you like i think you just drop some files on an sd card and you're good want to be against that yeah. the the main uh reason i didn't mod my 3ds was that used to be my main console like in the same way that the switch is my main console right now it's which everyone's most portable for me and now that i'm only playing this because of nostalgia's sake i'm not so against that yeah it's it's so easy and you get access to a lot of niceties with that maybe when i'm maybe i'll look into that later on speaking into looking into things should we start the show i guess if you if you want to did you want to talk about warhammer though yeah let's uh let's take a quick interjection and talk about warhammer first i have some things worth mentioning uh, okay we're gonna talk about it for a, a minute get get the timer started here we go oh oh no <laughs> the sounds are in the wrong place Oh, uh, should me... I just make the sounds or you got it? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I know where they are. I know where they are. I know where they are. We're still, uh, we're, uh, look over there. Look over there, dear listener. Um, Reset the clock. Uh, where they should be in here. 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 <laughs> they should be in here. They should be in here. For where are they? the emperor. They're not in here. Why aren't they in here? Oh, uh... there it is. I had a separate folder. Hold on. I got it. I got it. It like clips off whenever you and Nathan play it. I don't know why that is. Because we have audio, audio processing shit or whatever. Yeah, and also Discord just really doesn't like it whenever you play sounds. No, I maybe someday I will make a better Warhammer Minute draft. It's, it's fine on the recording. It's just bad through Discord. So the 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 two games of 
mention with Warhammer that I want to bring up. One of them is I got to play a game of Imperial Knights versus Tau. Imperial Knights, they actually just today got their new codex out for 9th edition. So I kind of thought it would be appropriate to give them one last farewell of their 8th edition before then. Very good game. Um, the person I was playing with had a very infantry-heavy army that didn't really have a lot of solutions to deal with the giant 15-feet-tall robots with chainsaws and flamethrowers. And it was really going well in my game until, like, the very last round when just through effort of peppering alone, he managed to get my units down, and he ended up winning by, like, two points. Uh, this was cool because I was actually undefeated at the table I was playing at for the longest time, and this has finally taken me down a peg on there, which is, yeah, I, I don't mind losing if it's a good game. And it was a good game. And it was a really good farewell to the Knights in general, now that they have their new book out. The second one that I want to mention, which will take probably less than 30 seconds, is I got to play a game of Warhammer off of Tabletop Simulator. And now that I know how to do it, I am looking forward to playing so much more Warhammer on Tabletop Simulator. Oh, cool. I even think I might be able to get away with it doing in VR, which is super appealing to me. <laughs> Sorry, I hiccuped there. I didn't want to laugh. but So uh, I'll probably talk about Warhammer on the tabletop in the future here. And if you're interested in learning, I'd be happy to teach you, bud. Eh? Uh, eh? Want a <laughs> crippling addiction? No, I don't need more of that. It's plastic crack. Uh, I don't have the space, money, or time for more things. Alright, so now that we've talked about our our weekly hobbies, we should probably get into the the articles that I wanted to discuss this week. Speaking of things don't have time for i forgot yeah, what yeah. we're starting with I, I got it i got it so we were talking about earlier like the 3ds and you know it's great when it just it, it does the tracking for you and you don't need to worry about having the positioning right and you know you need to have working eyes for it and not everyone has working eyes but there was a company out there who tried to fix that by making eye implants except that Eventually, this company uh, expired or went defunct, and that means all the hardware that they made is kind of in a rogue state right now. What? Good segue, I know. This is from an article on Futurism.com stating that bionic eye patients are going blind again after the manufacturer decides they're obsolete, Ooh. which is so awful. In a truly dystopian turn of events, some recipients of bionic eye technology are going blind after the implants became obsolete. And the company behind stopping, uh, the company behind it stopped supporting them. Uh, this comes from a investigation by the IEEE Spectrum. Second Sight Medical Productions, the manufacturer of visual prosthetic devices that restored partial vision to blind patients, has provided eye implants to more than 350 blind people. However, the investigation found that the company stopped supporting their technology a few years ago after coming close to a bankruptcy. And its patients have now been left to fend for themselves. Jesus. It's being quoted Christ. as a fantastic technology and a lousy company, uh, says one of the patients, Ross Dewey. They received an implant in 2019. The next year, though, they learned that the company laid off their assigned vision rehab therapist. 
and now they have to contend with the obsolete bionic eye technology that can't be up, uh, upgraded or repaired, even though it's embedded in their bodies. Which means that if something goes wrong, they're likely to go permanently blind with no solution. <sighs> so, this is this is why, this is why, I'm such an advocate and, and very vocal about right to repair shit. Whenever you release a product like this, you need to be required to also release documentation for it that would allow a third party to repair it or maintain it if the need were to arise. Because otherwise you have people in this fucking situation, which is just like, what in the fuck? Like, like this sounds like a scene from a goddamn, I hate to say it, it sounds like it's from Black Mirror, but it sounds like something that would be in Black Mirror. Uh, the person says, this was the case with Barbara Campbell, who received an implant in her left eye. She was walking through a subway station when suddenly she began to lose her vision. Quote, I was about to go down the stairs and all of a sudden I hear a little beep, beep, beep sound. Like, that's not something that should ever be able to happen no it's terrifying like that that like you can hear a low battery sound and then like your eye turns off and you can't replace whatever went wrong you know like that's oh i'll call the number on the the, for the company up they're not a company anymore shucks (laughs) And, and like this is this is the kind of shit like i know that that most people are they're okay with or or they don't even think about you know the lack of documentation for say iphones uh most android phones um they're okay with all that because like the companies that make them are huge they're not gonna go under like who cares but like imagine that they did you know it could happen like imagine something like ridiculously catastrophic happens turns out like i don't know apple like accidentally fucking nukes an entire city because a whole batch of iphones were somehow fucked with in china like and then the company goes under as a result or whatever like now like you're not getting anything with that with that phone that phone is now like a twelve hundred dollar brick uh more more relevant to this particular situation imagine a pacemaker manufacturer that you have a pacemaker something is malfunctioning with that pacemaker you go to your cardiologist and they're like oh sorry the company that makes the pacemaker doesn't make it anymore you're going to have to get a new one. Hopefully your insurance will cover it, but they probably won't. So you're going to be on the hook for like 10 grand. Like, I, I know you've already done this once, but we need to do it again. Bullshit. It's bullshit. Yeah. Like that, that, uh, it's something very similar actually happens in a market that I'm part of, uh, people use CPAP machines. Um, Oftentimes, CPAP machines will stop being supported by the company that manufactures them. And then you can no longer get supplies directly from that manufacturer. Luckily, most of the time, supplies kind of work between 
uh, the different brands, but you have to buy them from a third party that may or may not be exactly reliable. I don't even know where the supplies I'm buying come from. Uh, sometimes they're blatantly like some random Chinese company. Other times I'm wondering if they're just like surplus from some medical supplier. But in any case, like that's all I've got to go off of. Like I can't really do much else because no one actually supports my CPAP machine anymore. And you just kind of have to hope that what you're getting third party is going to be what they say it is and what you need it to be. Yeah. And, and you know, with a CPAP machine, that's your ability to breathe with an eye. That's your ability to see. That's <laughs> we're, we're putting a lot of faith on these. And you mentioned the right to repair being good. I'd like to piggyback and take that just a, a step and a half further. I would even say if it's anything that's going in a body, it should just be open source completely. Don't obfuscate anything. And then you say, oh, well, how are they supposed to make money? And it's okay. Well, maybe if they go bankrupt, then open source it. How about that? Is that a, is that a fair compromise? Yeah. Seeing hey, I... people who are like losing their vision because of it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, and the weird thing too, with that is that, uh, m medicine patents. I don't know if this works with medical technology. I doubt that it does, but, uh, patents on medicine, they expire after only like 10 years. And then, like, the patent goes public. So, I, I don't know why that wouldn't be the case with technology, other than just some litigation made it to where it wasn't. Um, but, like, I don't see why it shouldn't also be the case that if the company stops supporting the product relevant to the patent, then all of the relevant documentation for that should also go public. I really, couldn't agree more. Really, like, I'm, I am, of course, also a strong proponent of open sourcing as much as possible. Uh, the, there's plenty of evidence that open source software and hardware is still profitable. It only helps people in general by putting what makes your shit work out there so that other people can audit it. And then you what can were just we saying earlier about the benefits of having a solid foundation that could be scaled. Like, <laughs> right. Hey, what do we know? Yeah. Uh, like even, even in the case of, well, I need to be able to make money off of this product. You can have the product be open source, but not allow it to be commercially used without paid licensing. Like open source doesn't equate to, you can just do whatever the hell you want with this, that there's a license for that. It's called do whatever the fuck you want. But but we could make like three-fourths of a penny more money quarterly if we just privatize it, Aroa. Yeah. And think about the money. Yeah, think of all the ways that we can obfuscate how somebody else could, could make this product easier to use and more sustainable. But if people are just 3D printing their own goddamn <laughs> eye parts, how will they come back to us for parts? Exactly. Like it, it, it's always that it's, it's very much in the same vein as like, I prefer not to buy, um, the replaceable head toothbrushes because yeah. whenever you do that, you're literally buying into vendor lock-in for a toothbrush. And I've, I've been burned by it multiple times too. It's dumb. Yeah. Like I'd rather just get it, get a whole 
ass toothbrush. And my toothbrushes are made out of bamboo, thank you. Uh, Fancy lad. The, like, it, just stop, stop doing this shit. Stop it. Get, get some help. If you are somebody who does that sort of thing, the best advice I have is to buy the replacements before you need them. That way, instead of needing to retroactively upgrade your equipment, you could just upgrade when the time is right. That's yeah. a bit of professional advice, just from somebody who's gone through the ringer too many times. I think that we are going to be seeing a lot more technology blending with the human body. We've seen it with uh, bionic eyes. I think I'm pretty publicly uh, team biotic implants on the podcast. So the more we could do this and the more responsibly we could do this, the better. I see technologies like brain control interfaces that I guess behind the scenes really aren't ready for human use yet, like anywhere near those, those poor monkeys. What do you mean? Elon Musk implanted a pig with a Wi-Fi chip and it worked fine. The pig has depression now, Aroa. <laughs> pigs aren't supposed to be depressed. They're supposed to be pigs. So responsibly moving forward with this is the only way. If companies continue to, I don't know, use people as a means to an end for money, they're probably not going to be succeeding companies, as we've seen is the case with this bionic company. Uh, what was it? Surge? Whatever it was. Uh, I don't know, man. Second sight. Google's pretty successful. Google has money it's, it's not that the allows way. them to fail. It's not quite the same. Yeah. Well, it's, it, I, I was more making a jab at uh, the fact that Google's business model is selling the identities of their customers. No, I mean, whatever. That's just uh, another source of profit. <laughs> uh, one, one thing that I did want to mention, though, is that we, like, whether it's ethical or not we are going to continue to work on these ways to interface with technology such yeah. as what i think melon carnegie did uh allowing users to feel vr this is a story that you posted and i, I got to I, I watched the video and i read the article that you posted i'm really excited to see where they go with this uh they're, they're thinking that this is going to be the next step in virtual reality to yeah and i I don't know about this specifically, but uh, it definitely is exciting. Yeah, they gave a, a weird instance where you're walking through a, a woods and you got like spiders jumping on you and cobwebs. It's oddly specific and maybe <laughs> not the best case, but they're but, showing that it, the technology works. And yeah, I think an interesting part. They wanted to they wanted to be like like look, you can use this in a video game sort of environment. Uh, look how interactive it is. How did you pronounce the university? Uh, uh, I would need to look at it again. Let me scroll back up. I just can't believe you've never heard of this place before. Uh, no, I've heard of it. I'm just being goofy. Oh, I thought you were seriously like M Melon Carnegie? Carnegie. Carnegie Melon. Uh, Carnegie Malone. Yeah. Definitely. I grew up listening to Homestar Runner. This is just something that I do, Aroa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I watched uh, their other, like, ideas for how this could be used. And some of them seem better than others. Uh, like, viscera splattering on your face. 
Um, yeah, running through the rain or having a splash come at you. I thought that was a good instance. Having a, a spider tap you on the lips, I thought maybe wasn't as good of an example. But, I mean, they're trying stuff. They're trying stuff. Yeah, uh, I really like the, like, holding a cigar in your mouth or brushing your teeth. The fact that it can, it can fuck with your teeth is... I'm so glad you brought that up. One of the experiences that I've seen with people doing the Oculus is where someone was having a conversation and then... You could tell what they did just by watching their hands. They they reached into their like coat pocket or their their breast pocket or something like that, pulled out a vaporizer and hit it. And I feel like you know maybe not that specific case, but like we'll have something that can detect if something's in front of you and simulate that. Oh yeah, I, the I, idea I have is imagine playing like Trouble in Terrorist Town or something like that. You're smoking a pipe, and then you move like you you take a hit of your your e cigarette or something like that, and it actually does it. Yeah. That's a, a maybe not as good of an example as I thought it was, but <laughs> you, you get the idea. We're we're getting close to that sort of interactivity. You know, like it's all very niche sort of things, but I think it's going to make a lot more of a of a overall difference than like even even something like having legs in in a game. I, I don't think it's it's as big of a deal to like look down and necessarily see that your legs match up with your real world leg movement uh as it would be if you can feel stuff inside of the game world and and have that like ha have things that you're seeing and should be experiencing be reflected in your actual physical sensation that's why uh the gloves the vr gloves that that one dude is working on I think that those are above and beyond going to be the most significant thing uh, in VR accessories in general once those actually get released. Because having, like, like one of the biggest problems in immersion in VR right now is that you go to pick something up and no matter what, even, even with the knuckles or, or whatever you don't really feel like you're grabbing it. It feels like you're, you're just pantomiming grabbing something and your hand always phases through it. But being able to have even some resistance to show your brain, like this is where this physical object is, is going to make such a huge difference. So mm -hmm. the, the, the knuckles, you know, you're holding onto the controller and in some cases, you know, a pistol or a pipe or whatever. Sure. That works. If you're trying to hold a ball or something like that, emerge and lost. Yeah, having options for feedback that don't involve like rumble is yeah. a big start. And, and what else do we have right now? There's, I, I remember my brother came home once with a vest that you would wear and plug it into the rumble cartridge on your N64, <laughs> and it's it's all just the same idea. At least now we're getting it's it's not much different. It's still just something kind of shaking your face, but we're doing it in neat ways now. Yeah. And the controller that can offer uh, variable resistance is going to let us hold things that have shape. Yeah. And when we move our hands, that shape will be kept. Like that's that's going to help with immersion. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be real huge. Like, not to mention just having a glove instead of a uh, instead of controller. a stick. Like, yeah, yeah, a controller like that. That on its own is going to be fucking massive. It's... I'm excited for the future. Yeah, it it's kind of unfortunate that, like, I don't know about you, but I feel like VR in general is kind of stagnated right now. Um, a little bit. I haven't 
been except for um, when I mentioned playing Warhammer in VR. I haven't had any reason to take out the headset in a while. Yeah, like I uh, I do tend to think that, or at least hope that, whenever the new PSVR comes out, that we're going to see an explosion of games that have kind of probably been sitting behind closed doors uh, that Sony has funded that are just waiting for the hardware to come out so that they can reveal what, what they've been working on. Here's what we've been sitting on. Please invest in it. Yeah. Like I, I'm hoping that something like that happens, but um, I also hope that this technology can kind of be used. I don't know how else to say it, but backwards for face tracking, because I think that's something else that would be really good for a, <laughs> you probably also hate the term metaverse, but would be really good for metaverse type stuff. Like Seeing being able smile to smile. Yeah. That person is frowning or they, they just cringe. I imagine metaverse would mostly just be other people cringing at each other. <laughs> like I, I love VR chat so much. It's but... not, me too. It's, it's fun and it's a different kind of social experience. You're not going to get quite that level anywhere else. Right. And being able to show facial expressions not through a gesture interface, but rather just by moving your face would be fucking incredible. Well, that's why I got the knuckle controllers. I can express myself with one finger. (laughs) That is, that is true. But yeah, I, I, I want us to get there and we probably will eventually look at VTubers. VTuber technology will, will get us there. I, I enjoy the, the full body tracking that we already have. And we're, we're going to get to a point where we lock that down and probably like a body cradle. I've, I've seen the the different styles of like glide. My favorite is the ones who just hook up like those, uh the the baby bouncers that you put in the like oh, doorways. Yeah. And it's like, it, it works. Why are we oversimplifying this? <laughs> I did the, if you look at the video that they posted, it looks like right now it can only really simulate one pulse at a time. So I'm excited to see what we could do when, like, instead of just feeling one raindrop at a time, you could feel the the whole effect of being in the rain. Yeah. Once we nail that, I think this is going to really see practical use. Yeah, it will. It will be cool to see if they can refine this and make it, it especially if they can make it to where it's not just on the face. Like, that'll probably take a while, but it would be great. Even if, like, in a VR arcade-type situation, if you could, like, yeah. cover the walls of a room in these things. Or, you know, mount these, uh, these, these, I don't even know exactly what they are. They're, like, infrared fingers or something, right? They're like ultrasound most... emitters. Ultrasound, that's, yeah, so, like, put a, uh, put a, a curtain over your ceiling that has uh, ultrasound mounts on it, stand under it, and we're getting really close to, like, the holodeck. I yeah. want a holodeck, Aroa. Yeah, yeah, I know. Me too. Um, you know what else I want, Aroa? I, I assume you were. Yeah, we're good. Thoughts on this particular one is fun indie games. And I don't know. Maybe it's this whole everyone's been staying inside for three years thing, but we got some good indie games coming our way. Yeah, we do. Nintendo like had their uh, May twenty second Indie World Showcase. Uh, I, I think they had this on the 11th. Actually, it was a couple days ago at this point now. And they have announced 20 games for us to be excited for. And 
it's most of them look pretty cool some of them look like exactly the sort of thing that i'm tired of seeing but you know that's just how things go that's incredibly fair i don't want to spend too much time talking on each of those but we will at least mention the titles and if there was anything interesting about them okay so starting off we have a uh, ooblets which is a interesting looking game the 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 the, the, the we're, we're reading off nintendo life right now the, they describe it as harvest moon meets pokemon and i think that's about right it sort of has uh like like town building and it sort of has pikmin slash pokemon collectathony it doesn't really look like it's combat or even really puzzle based it sort of just looks like a it, there's like there's some like card battle sort of thing going on but it looks like it's like extremely cutesy sort yeah. of like dance off sort of combat um i hate the human art style but otherwise i like I, 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 everything else looks really cute i just hate the people's faces yeah um, i mean all the monsters look like you know like off-brand pokemon off-brand pokemon precisely <laughs> uh there's also like some weird like automation like factorios type stuff going on in the last few seconds of the video so i don't know looks cool though i mean you're gonna see a recurring theme here of some of these i really wish i saw more of what was going on and mm -hmm. you know these, these are mostly teasers so what, what else can you expect so look forward to ooblets probably coming out summer 22 next we have batoria lost haven which looks like it's not sure if it wants to be Diablo or single player League of Legends. Uh, yep. I don't I don't really have too many strong opinions on it. It it didn't actually look that thrilling to me. No, it just looks like yet another ARPG. Next we have Alekhead, which I did kind of think was interesting. This game bleeds like Game Boy Advanced, maybe even Game Boy level of like platforming. Uh, yep. really simple idea. You when you stand on your your head is a battery. You could feed energy through your body if it's attached, or you could throw your head at something, and once it connects to it, the, the circuit will close at that point. And it's, you know, simple puzzle platforming. Uh, 2D, physics-based, fun time. Feels very Next, uh, 2006. Yeah. Like, uh, like it, uh, it doesn't v, look v, so v, much combat-based. Yeah, very much um, the transversal is the puzzle yeah next we have soundfall which sort of looks like a combination of crypt of the necrodancer and i, I was even thinking a little more like a diablo again it, it is I, I, it's very rhythm based though the which is interesting but the soundtrack itself turns me off so hard that i don't care yeah i I thought it looked good, and I thought for sure this would be something I'd be interested in watching, but I don't think this is something I would play. No. Uh, it does come out today, and it looks like it's... Uh, how is the right way to put this? It promotes playing by the rules, but you can sort of just play it however you want, I suspect. So if you want to just slash them up, go ahead, but if you want to do it to the rhythm, you go right ahead and... I mean, it, it doesn't look like anything particularly that I dislike. It just sort of looks bland. Yeah. And, you know, that's so be it. Speaking of next, bland. Next, we'll talk about Wild Frost, which... It's Slay is, the Spire. It's it's cold Slay the Spire. 
I hate a... to, I, I hate it because it looks like they really did put a lot of effort into like the art style and and like designing the cards. Like it looks really cute and all that. But man, am I sick of games that are just slay the spot. I mean, they're popular with streamers, and like, it's. It, I, I I just I'm kind of over deck building as a a genre. Yeah it it is more akin to mos- monster train, judging by the description, because it says something about there being a uh, an upgradable cute companion card system. Uh, which I don't know if you played Monster Train, but that's like one of the things is you have like a champion card that uh, you always start every round with and you upgrade them over the course of your playthrough. Um, honestly, I wish Monster Train would just be on Switch because, uh, in my opinion, it's way more fun than Slay the Spire. Not as challenging, but way more fun. Did you have anything or uh, any other thoughts on Mild Frost? I I already forgot about it. What was it? <laughs> I think that's the right answer. <laughs> Next, we have Totally Accurate Battle Simulators coming to Switch. I think this already came out on PC, didn't it? It's been out on PC for, like, uh, pre-pandemic. It, it's, it, yeah. it was pre-pandemic. Like, that's how long it's been. I, I think I, they had a 1.0 release a few weeks ago, but uh, it's been in early access for years. Um, I, I feel like I remember this being a game, and then they scrapped it, and then they're like, oh, we're making it better. And I think that's what this is. You're correct. Uh, they, they had like an initial idea and then they were like, wait, there's no game here. It's just a shitty little sandbox thing. Uh, and then they fixed it and it's really fun. And, uh, yeah, if you don't have a PC, you should definitely play tabs on your switch because it's a, it's a cool little, like it's a puzzle game, but it's like an, like if you took an RTS and made it a puzzle game, it's pretty neat. So there are some games like, uh, oh, let's just use Final Fantasy XII for an example, where I will watch that game play itself and I'm not having a good time. Totally Mm -hmm. accurate battle simulator. When it plays itself, I'm having a great time. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very much taking taking that sort of of tactics sort of thing, but breaking it down into very small chunks and making it a puzzle, like I said. And not just a puzzle, but like a a goofy puzzle. This game is not taking itself seriously. Not even slightly. And yeah, that is definitely the best part. It's it's also like, like I love that each fight isn't uh, what do you call it deterministic, because Mm -hmm. of because everything is so very physics driven, and like the AI or like like the character movement is so inherently like wobbly and goofy. Like everything moves like it's C three PO on crack. Uh, Right like it makes it to where you can you can just run the same simulation over and over again and you'll get slightly different results it's great brute force by method of wobble i love it <laughs> the next game that they announced is gunbrella and i don't know about you i actually thought this game looked pretty dope it looks like it has a great style to it and i my i i tip my hat to the developers it's not my thing it, are you a, a fan of uh metroidvanias i i think they're i think they're cool um it just really depends on the game and this looks like it plays a lot like spelunky um and i just i don't know i'm not big on that game feel 
I guess. I I think of the games on this list, this is probably the one I'm most excited for. And a lot of that is its its charm. This game has a feel to it, just on its aesthetic alone. Yeah, it it looks like something that would end up in a humble bundle a few years down the line, and I definitely pick up that bundle. Yeah, they, they, when it inevitably comes out on PC. Yeah. Next game on the list. I'm not sure if you've heard about this one. It's We Are OFK. I don't I know like what I, it is. I feel like I've heard people talk about this game for like three years now. Yeah. And the best I have is it's an interactive novel. Like, I I have seen, I swear, like five trailers for this. None of them explain what the fuck the game is. I don't know. And like, sometimes it sounds, or it looks like it might be cool. But most of the time, I'm just like, what the fuck is it? Um, and yeah, like this is, We Are OFK will be a making of the band series and interactive EP. The fuck does that mean? If it's a visual novel, just call it a goddamn visual novel. No, no, it's so much more deeper than that, though. And I watched the trailer for this, and I I don't think this game's going to be for me. I think this is going to be a lot of, like, petty first world problems, the game. Like, it, it, it is, it, okay, like, I'm looking at the description here. Uh, Itsumi Saito just moved downtown and broke up with her long-term girlfriend because, you know, of course, she's she's got to be gay because it's a millennial game. Uh, leaning into her dream of making it in music, but juggling practice, friends, a brutal commute to the west side, and a full-time job, Itsu is struggling to establish herself in the cutthroat music scene of L.A. When she talks her way into a smoozy Hollywood party and makes friends with a rising music producer, she sees a chance to bring her dreams a little closer. We Are OFK is an interactive narrative series of arguing over lyrics, sending sad texts, and playing interactive music videos. Like, and I know that like the the developers are like producing actual music as the band or something like they're trying to do sort of the uh the the metalocalypse kind of approach yeah um or like uh the first thing i can think of is is with dead space how they were trying to do like a dead space comic and the animated movies and all that shit uh, i can't think of the word there was like a buzzword that they used for that, where it's like a multimedia enterprise, whatever. Like a multi-platform or something like that. Yeah, kind of like whenever they did, uh, was it Quantum Break on the Xbox One? It, whenever Microsoft was like, TV! And they were going to have the TV show that like fed into the game and then vice versa. Uh, oh, um like a cross media property cross universe or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't, I think I, don't I remember know. what you're talking about and it, it was never very successful. No, it's never been like any time it's ever been done. There was an MMO that did that too on sci-fi channel. Um, the MMO outlived the show. It, I don't know. It, this just, it's so like millennial slash Gen Z that I just don't give a shit. I have um, a hot take that I, I think might be, you know, maybe says more about me than anything else. From what old? I see about this game, it seems like the worst parts of being in a relationship. Yeah. And and here's the thing. As somebody who likes visual novels, I I feel like there you could make something like that enjoyable, but you're not showing me anything in these trailers that makes me think that I'm going to give a shit about any of these characters. Like, they're so unrelatable because they're trying to go into something 
that I'm never going to have anything to do with. Like, whenever you write a story like this, it it needs to generally be about somebody who you can see yourself as. And I can't see myself as a goody two-shoes millennial trying to make it, or, or Gen Zer, trying to make it big in L.A. I've never even been to L.A., bro. Like, I don't know. I have no interest in going to L.A. Right. Like, I don't want to be one of these kids. And maybe that's just, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's just me. Maybe it's, this game is just not for me and I need to go back to my anime girls with depression instead. Fortunately for you, Aroa, this show, uh, this, this band actually has a, a secret fifth band member. And it's the girl from Twilight. So you could just imagine oh. yourself as them. Okay. They're the perfect foil. And that's all right. Now, now maybe I'm interested. They, they have someone who's bland and quiet and they just kind of take the bullshit. Ah, yeah. I can connect And that'll with be that. your foil. You'll experience these shitty LA people through them. Yes. So if, if shitty LA people is your thing, We Are OFK might be the, <laughs> I don't want to say visual novel, interactive EP for you? Honestly, if you take the term interactive EP seriously... For one, stop listening. And for two, like, go fuck yourself. And the, the more I look at it, the more upset I am. I'm going to move away from this let's, and discuss Silt. Yeah, let's talk about Limbo 2. I mean, Limbo 3. It's another monochrome puzzle game <laughs> focused on uh, monstrous horror. No one's yeah, done that before. No, it's definitely not Limbo slash uh, insanely brutal shadow planet whatever that Real was talk did they make a limbo 2 limbo 1 was great limbo 2 was inside inside it was it i mean it's not actually like limbo 2 but it's from the same developer and it's basically the same game oh yeah i, yeah. I never played inside but i do remember seeing this it's it pretty good good reviews yeah it's i i i i don't know i thought it's pretty good so yeah, if uh, if that's your thing, Silt looks like it's going to be more of that. Yep. This one is uh, more like Veritrauma themed in that you apparently are somewhere deep underwater delving deeper. And that comes yeah. with all the great fun things that come with being deep underwater in a monochromatic puzzle game. Insanely twisted shadow planet. That's what I was thinking. Of. This this really reminds me of that more than specifically Limbo. Um, do you think you'll get Silt? I don't think I'll probably get it, but I, I, I do I, think it's I interesting. Won't. No, uh, I, yeah, it, it's, that's another one of those genres where I feel like I'm just permanently sick of it. It's oversaturated, maybe in the last 10 years specifically. Yeah. Uh, a game that's not oversaturated is Mini Motorways, which is out now, which I, I might actually get this. This game looks like it's delightful. Yeah, if I think it's a, like either an actual successor or a spiritual successor to uh, a game that is about like making subway systems. I can't remember what, what, it, what that was called. It was, there was like a mini subway system. I, yeah. I think it was called mini subways or something. Yeah. I, I know the one you're talking about, and this is a very similar approach. If games like city skyline are your jam, but specifically the traffic management, like if, if somebody gave you a pre-made city and said, all right, connect them and fix the traffic. This is your game. It also looks like it's not taking itself too seriously either. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Uh, which, which is something perfect for a Switch game. 
I, I feel like I could pick this up and I could play it for like five to 15 minutes on a lunch break or while I'm updating drivers on a printer or something like that or firmware, you know, whatever. And, you know, by the time I'm done, I'm ready to go on to my next task. Uh, I pick it up, play it and put it back down kind of game. I might get this. Yeah, I, I think totally... I need to finish uh, Star Wars and I now need to finish Zelda first, but I, I might get this. Yeah. Eh. 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 Next, talk we about have... eh. <laughs> if you like me, you're gonna love eh. You're gonna Wayward... love Wayward Strand, which is about as eh as it gets. <laughs> like it just it. Well, for one, the trailer doesn't really say what kind of game it is, but it's artistic. Yeah. It's an artistic it looks like a fucking indie game all right uh it, it gave me like telltale game vibes yeah uh the description underneath of the video implies that it's going to be kind of like a uh a telltale but all the plot lines are happening at the same time sort of thing um there have been a couple played, of games that have done that i've never played a nancy drew game but i get the feeling this game plays like a nancy <laughs> drew game it i don't know i i i need to know more before i really made a decision but i can safely say that the art style and the overall feel of the trailer turns me off of it um call me an edgelord but i just don't really usually don't enjoy uh games that are just like frilly fluffy bullshit whenever it's a narrative thing sure that's fair I, I haven't been turned off by it. I just wish I knew more. What's going on? There's yeah. this floating hospital. I should be intrigued by this, and I'm not yet. When's the no, what I am intrigued about, though, it's the next game, Cult of the Lamb. Yeah. And I need to know more, just like the last one. I, I don't know the full story of what's going on right now, but I am so in. Uh, you become a possessed lamb indebted to a mysterious stranger, and then the whole game is you go out and, like, gather a cult and do cult stuff it's like it's like cultist animal crossing yeah um, and it's and it looks adorable i thought it was from clay because like the art style looks so much like don't starve which is yeah, like I, I i actually thought it might have been you know from that producer at first but it's it's not it's some other developer i've never heard of but i have a lot of confidence in it because it's devolver and yeah the ball publishes good games well yeah. they, uh, they fund good games more appropriately and it yeah it looks really cute uh while also being genuinely fucked up in some situations because i know that they're like there's like blood sacrifice and shit like mm -hmm. look at that fucking look at that fucking sheep statue with like blacked out bleeding eyes like <laughs> it's uh, great the further back you look in that photo they stop looking like if uh a gumball character read the Necronomicon and they look like actual horrors. <laughs> things with blacked out eyes, things with, you know, severed tri mouths. That's horrors. It's so great. And I love that the trailer is like narrated as if it's just any other Nintendo game. They totally right. did that on purpose. Totally. Oh, um, I, I'm actually thinking about something we'll talk about next, which they're very self aware in this, uh, this, this trailer that they did. Cult of the Lamb, I'm very excited for. It's coming out in 2022. Another treasure of a game is another Crab's Treasure. 
which looks like is what happens when a shit post goes too far. <laughs> this game, uh, a, a part of the, the video trailer, it breaks to two of the developers. And I could tell by listening to them that they sort of realized that, no, we're not taking this seriously. Not Not so much as like we're not making a game, but like we're making a game about crabs fighting. We know what this is. Yeah, it's and, uh, it's much incredibly like incredibly delightful. Hopefully, it it uh, what was that? There was a game that came out a while ago that was like giant crabs or giant shellfish, like fighting in a in a city. It was like Godzilla, but the monsters were just full size normal animals. I remember that one. I don't remember the name, but it's like that. But you're instead of being a giant animal, you're just an actual crab <laughs> i'd like to also point out that the developers aggro crab i don't know what you mean by that that that's the name of the developer aggro oh yes 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 um the the, <laughs> the place that they do their interview at they have like crab claws in the background the dude's wearing crab pincers <laughs> they've gone all in on this crab thing it, that's the their tagline is number one unprofessional game developer. These are my kind of people. <laughs> I'm a part of me doesn't want to play it because I'm so not into just Dark Souls style games as a genre. It looks like it'll probably be casual friendly though. Then I, I, you know, it's a lot of these games I'm not really going to follow up on. I'm going to follow up on this one. Yeah. Next on the list is One Shot World Machine Edition, coming out in summer 2022. Uh, it's a puzzle in the game. I don't really have anything particular to say. It didn't show too much. Like, uh, so this is this game. is another game that's been out on PC for years, actually. Oh, well, that's probably why. Yeah. Um, at least, I yeah. It's just uh, there's some new content in the quote unquote World Machine Edition. Uh, I never actually finished this. But it is one of those indie darlings that, uh, sort of in the in the line of like uh, Undertale or something. Yes. I don't know. Yes, it's, uh, and I think it was pre Undertale, actually. Uh, it's kind of like Lisa, where it was a really good game, uh, and just like a shining star in the indie world, and then Undertale came out and just completely overshadowed it. Uh, That's yeah. This looks delightful i'm trying to think of what the art style reminds me of it's like um no it's not coming to me i can't think of what it's called the the people yeah. with the stupid horns on their head uh oh yeah um homestuck homestuck yeah that's that's what it reminds me of funny that you say that with undertale being like inherently so, homestuck related yeah and the the apple doesn't <laughs> fall far from the tree i understand yeah it also I guess the original must have been like RPG Maker or something. I don't know. Maybe it was just Game it, Maker. Because this RPG looks like a convert from a... Yeah, it looks like a convert from like a Game Maker Studio or a RPG Maker sort of thing. But yeah, um, it's sort, sort of like uh, with Doki Doki Literature Club coming out on other things. I don't know that it necessarily translates perfectly, but... You should sure. definitely check this out if you can't play the PC version. I wonder what it'll, it'll cost, I guess. That'll be a, a big Probably like 20 bucks. It looks delightful. I bet it's 20 bucks. 
Is it worth it for 20 bucks? Um, if you're in the mood for that sort of game, I think so. From what I've played of okay. it. I didn't finish it, like I said, because I just got distracted. But, I mean, I also didn't finish Undertale all the way. So, that's what that's worth. And, you know, sometimes games are just too complex and you want to go back to a simpler time. Don't you ever just want to return to Monkey Aroa? Yes. Yes, I do. Which is something you could do in Gibbon, Beyond the Trees, which is out now on Switch. Okay, so I, like, clicked through this trailer the first time and really wasn't paying attention. Now that I'm paying attention, I actually kind of really want this. <laughs> it's uh, Mankind... I'm trying to remember what that game was where where you, like, develop a monkey. Oh, yeah. Shit. Um, was it Humankind or Mankind or something? I think it was Humankind. Lost Odyssey? I don't remember. <laughs> not Lost Odyssey. It was not that. It, it was Lost Odyssey. It definitely was. This looks like uh, it, it, I, I brought that up just because it's Ancestors, the Humankind feel. Odyssey. That was it. That's the okay. one I'm thinking of. Yeah. This looks a little more like if Donkey Kong was a better platformer. <laughs> it's you know, you know what it also like, because we mentioned Limbo earlier, it's like if Limbo had color. like, yeah, color and a ton of fucking movement, like the, sw- the, yeah. the swinging is what like really turns me on to this. Yeah. The momentum base of it. Have you ever yeah. played that game where uh, you got to make the path for the sled to, no, to, to go on? Oh, line yeah. Racer, I think it was called. Line rider or something like that. Something like that. It's 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 like a limbo line rider. Yeah, like it, having that much momentum, I love that in games. Like, that's that's the only reason that I ever play racing games for the short lengths of time that I do. So if uh, if, if you like monkeys and you like building up speed and and you like saving your little monkey family, that might be the game for you. And it's out now. This was uh, the next one on this list. I actually thought of you when I saw it. I figured this might be something that would be your would. shit. I knew you we would say that. And uh, am, am I wrong? Mm, well, you know. <laughs> uh, so part of it, if this is what I'm thinking of, um, this is another one that's already been on PC for a bit. Uh, but they've had to do a lot to make the UI work on a non-PC system. Um, and while I haven't played it myself, I have not heard the greatest of things, but, um, I don't know. I'll probably look into it just because maybe it's not the one I'm thinking of. And I haven't played an idle management game since, uh, fuck. What was it? Uh. Hyperdimension Neptunia producing perfection on the Vita. That certainly isn't a title. <laughs> uh, I, I played a couple of the Idol Master games uh, way back in the late 2000s and was pretty into those. So so I, I started watching the trailer for this and I, I tried giving it a good shot just because <laughs> no, I, I don't want to dismiss it. It's so just, not your yeah, thing. Not my <laughs> thing. So not my like uh, barring the I fact that the, everything's in moon runes, it's also just not for you. <laughs> I got to the point where like they were clicking on girls and it was just showing stats, and those stats were like sexy dance. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, because like 
like I mentioned depressed anime girls earlier, like that that's a thing. If this is the one I'm thinking of, uh, like that's a thing that you have to deal with because it's like it's a management sim. Uh, so like you have to deal with girls like they get burned out or they they might like read a negative social media post and they just get depressed. And you've got to like instead of going to the show, you've got to send them to therapy, but that loses you money. So it's like, do you make them go on anyway? And maybe they put on a bad show. Uh, they, I, I don't know. I have played one like this that uh, where they could like actually commit suicide, but I don't know if that. Oh, Jesus, this one. Like, yeah, like uh, these management games get fucked up. Remember when I said we are OFK feels like the worst parts of being in a relationship? I'd like to resent <laughs> that comment. Idle manager sounds like being in the worst parts of a relationship. <laughs> but but you're in a relationship with like 10 different girls at the same time. Yeah, just like normal. <laughs> <laughs> Next title on the list. I I was excited for this game when they brought it up like last year's indie whatever. Uh, and I was doubly as excited to see it on this list again. But there's a demo that comes out today. Hmm. Uh, the actual game comes out on the 2nd of June. So I'm I'm probably going to download this demo uh, tomorrow at work. And I, it's such a different kind of game than I've seen before. Yeah. I'm excited to it just on that premise. Yeah, like, I, I definitely like that. It seems like it's a narrative game, but like there's also so many like one-off elements and possibly even like a deep simulation going on like they're telling a story i think there's like an actual progression going on that it seems like it's very interested in like listening to what people are talking about while you're playing the game i am so into this yeah like all the all the minutia of like marking cards and like doing like a hand signal i guess that's supposed to to tip off the dealer to something like I'm so interested to see where all this game goes. Yeah. I'm watching the trailer again right now. Like it's got a fencing. Mechanic yeah. For if somebody catches you cheating. Yeah. Like the fencing seems like it's actually like decently fleshed out and shit. I'm then ah, June 2nd. I'm excited <laughs> for it. And the demo today. I'm excited for it. Yeah. Good games. Finally. Uh, Moving on, the next game on this list is Cursed to Golf. And I this is another one of those games where I have another sort of mixed feelings about it. A mm. part of me is not super interested in a, a golf game, but this also, I don't think it's fair to call it a golf game. Well, it's a golf roguelite. It's, it's like if Angry Birds was a roguelite. Yeah, yeah. Angry Birds? Well, I mean, like, it's the... <laughs> instead of like destroying stuff you're you're using like arc based traversal yeah um i'm not it, taking it back i know what i said <laughs> it reminds me of uh the golfing mini game that i think was in uh kirby no um it was cuz it was 2d i think it was wario land 4 it might have been wario land 3 but i think it was 4 uh, but it's like way, way more fleshed out than that. Uh, and then also has like roguelite elements and shit. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'll play it just cause it, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to be enough to hold my attention, but it does look pretty good. It's different, but 
Not in the same way that like Card Shark is different. This is different in like, what if I want to be the guy I had you standing still, and <laughs> it gave you upgrades you could purchase? Yeah, like I I can't help but feel like uh, I'd probably be more into it if it wasn't two D, but like that's not really fair to the developers if that was their idea. Like they they, sure. just, they wanted to make it two D. And you know, maybe it would lose a lot of the the minutia of the puzzle making if it was in the third dimension. Yeah, like I, it's hard. I don't know how you necessarily convert it one to one to a Mario Golf sort of thing. Who was asking for this? I guess is my only like initial yeah. response to seeing it exist in general. Yeah, good on you know. I, I never want to shun someone from making what they want to make. It just it's weird. Yeah, it's just. Like a lot of indie games, somebody had an idea and they were like, "Okay, we're we're gonna do this," and I don't think they did any. Uh, they well, no, they didn't. They didn't do any market testing because they're an indie game dev. Like that's, and that's why big companies do market testing. Mm -hmm. Sort of like with uh, a guidebook to Babel. I don't know who that's wants right. this either. If you liked Gibbon Beyond the Trees. I think this is, it looks like it's basically the same art style and maybe even kind of the same style of game. I am incredibly confused by the, the features that I saw. Uh, like it's, it, it looks like it kind of has a community building thing going on with it. Like in the same way that every Nintendo game does, like go find the people and make a settlement out of it. Some of these people have funny quirks. Yeah, I'd... maybe. I have, we, we... I have so little interest in whatever the hell's going on here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more <laughs> confused than intrigued. Yeah, like there's some kind of weird time travel thing going on. Like, like you have to, you have to like do some sort of some sort of weird tile moving puzzle to change events previous in time. It looks like maybe you have to like go back in time and do different things sort of like in the sort of like in the first life is strange uh where like you go back and do it differently to see how it plays out and i assume to like get information that you use in the other timeline sort of thing um yeah, just i just wish i was remotely interested in seeing more yep and i'm not moving on opus Echo of Starsong, full bloom edition. See, this was now? this was the thing where I was like, "Man, I wish I knew what the fuck this game is." Yeah, it. I mentioned Baratrauma earlier with that uh, the black and white game. This one kind of gives me Baratrauma feels, but in space instead of underwater, and with anime. Yeah, it's it's obviously doing something narrative, and I don't think I care anything about this narrative, people, but. It also looks like maybe you're building a ship like while you're flying it. And that's kind of interesting. I'm kind of into that. Yeah, I guess it does have that, doesn't it? I, I think. Yeah, I can't I can't tell what the fuck this game is. Cause it I thought at first that it was just like a visual novel sort of thing. But yeah, you're right. There is like a like a ship upgrade system sort of thing, which is weird. Uh See, it's from Sigano Inc. Never never heard of any of this. What the right, hell is I, this game? 
it's it's another one that's already on steam so like yeah it's been out since september of of last year okay so i yeah, maybe i'll check out some stuff like on my free time and see more about because i'm unlike the last one i'm i'm curious about it i just uh, don't know what the fuck is going on so from the steam description echo of star song is a narrative driven game although light puzzles and resource management are involved gameplay is kept simple to provide an accessible experience so it's it's just a visual novel with uh baby puzzles yeah with babby elements of of other games I don't and care. then for some reason, something I didn't realize till you were talking about it before we were recording, I guess Japan had their own separate show with extra stuff for some reason. Yeah, there were three games that I guess are two, two of them have already been out in America, at least on other systems, I'm pretty sure. But uh, one of them is very blatantly Japanese exclusive. So you mentioned Amori like you had uh, played it before. What What's the deal with this? Uh, it is very much akin to the Lisa and Undertale sort of uh, breed, where it is a turn-based RPG um, with, like, heavy story-driven elements. Uh, obviously, it's an indie game. It, uh... <sighs> I don't know that I would necessarily call it entirely a psychological horror game. I haven't played a ton of it, um, but from what I have seen, like it, ha it definitely has psychological horror elements, but it is more of like a, an emotional horror sort of thing, I guess. Like there's a lot of shit in Omori that like, if you've ever had major mental health issues, will strike very true uh if you if you were to play through the game uh it's it, it is very good um definitely worth playing uh in some way whether it is on your switch or on pc that certainly is a glowing endorsement also has I, a fantastic soundtrack i mean I'm, I'm interested in it it's not gonna make me sad is it yeah Oh no. Yeah, it's it is a sad fucking game. <laughs> well, I'll check out more on that then. Uh second on this list is I clicked on a more and it went away is Undying. I haven't right, so it looks like it's a, a zombie survival game. Yeah, but it's like a a mom and son sort of survival game. It's like uh kinda looks like indie well i can't even say indie because project zomboid is also an indie game uh but it's like i don't know 3d narrative driven project zomboid almost in the sense that project zomboid is uh more of an action survival game and this i mean i i, I see the elements there I, I see dealing with hordes and like raiders i assume but mm -hmm. I also see scavenging and a lot of talking to people. Yeah. Oh, Handling your, uh, your, your health. It looks like, yeah, it looks like you're slowly turning too, which is, yeah, that's kind of fucked. Uh, it doesn't say when it's coming out, just 2022. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see more. It, I, I might be interested in this. I won't play it. I know I won't. 
I you, know, you probably I like survival that. craft em ups, but I don't like them isometric perspective. But yeah, you know what I am gonna play, even though it's not gonna come out in America. You bet, you fucking bet, I'm gonna play it anyway because fucking Switch is region free. Uh, yeah, Super Nota Game World. World is in all caps for some reason. So world, I assume that's because you need to yell it when you say it. <laughs> Super Nota Games Awardo. The weirdest on this list, bar none. <laughs> it really reeks of like that that time period uh, in like the early to mid two thousands, whenever people were were rediscovering Japanese culture online and seeing all all of the like weird shit. Like it's, I I love everything about what I'm seeing in this. Like that they're real human faces on these cartoon bodies and some of them are other ones are very yeah. obviously drawn yeah <laughs> like some of them are just full-on cartoon entirely uh i imagine to like offset the the npcs from the real players right. uh like WarioWare kind of level quality yeah it definitely like everything looks kind of like a like a WarioWare game but it looks like it might be a little more in depth than that uh, everything looks like it's four-player cooperative. Uh, it's going to be, let's see, it's 1,600 yen. So probably going to release in America for like 20 bucks. Um, I'd pay 20 bucks for this. It looks like a party game. Yeah, like it It, it looks like a party game, as long as there are enough mini games, uh, And as long as it uh, is regionally translated well. It won't be. This looks like a game where if you don't know what's going on, you are fucked. I don't know. Uh, to some degree, maybe. I, I guess it depends on the minigame. Because some of them look like like it's just put the mail in the right slot. And and like that could that could be potentially difficult. But others are just like match two cards. And that's easy enough to figure out. But like yeah. the, one, the one that looks like it's you're riding on a fucking high-speed subway train and you're trying not to fall over. Like that yeah, looks really that's goofy fun. and fun. It looks like if you had a, you know, your family over or something like that, this is a good way to kill an hour or so. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, uh, speaking of killing an hour or so, we could move on to our last story, which was the the Google I/O conference. Oh shit! We <laughs> we talked way too much. We said we weren't going to, and then we did it anyway. We, we did anyways. We we're the worst. We did. That's okay. We'll, we'll make we'll make up for it by blowing through this. Okay. Uh, uh, the Google I.O. 2022 conference that happened. Uh, if you want to check it out, you could check it out basically anywhere. Uh, I want to go through and talk about some of the innovative features that they were talking about, such as uh, changes to search maps and automation. Did you know that they are planning on having Google image search? Like, as in you could just like take your phone out and take a photo of something and it, it would hopefully know exactly what you're looking at. Oh, you mean like... The thing that the th we could already do? Yeah, I was going to say, like the thing that i like just did yesterday to find out what kind of bird i was looking at yep i've also used this to identify parts that were written in moon runes that i couldn't find out and oh take a photo of it there's the manual there's everything i need okay <laughs> but but they're you know they're, they're putting some work into it and good for them uh, okay next change yeah it's they brought it up because it's the, the Google I.O. conference and they're yeah. just like, guess what we're working on? But I, I don't know. It's, it's, they, they didn't really say anything like, 
game changing. I felt just that they're working on it. YouTube. Something else. What? YouTube. Get auto generated chapters. Is that what you were going into? What article are you looking at? I don't know. This is the the CNET article. Which that's one? Talking about, uh, uh, I oh I clicked on the wrong one. <laughs> I, I'm also not like just going down the side. Yeah, there's an article that we're gonna post that kind go of ahead. goes over. I'm just kind of talking about the highlights here. Go go ahead. Uh, next, something that basically already exists that they're making a step better. Maps will give you a drone's eye view of the cities now. So instead of driving around in a car, they're now driving around in drones, which maybe won't give you the the street view you're looking for, but it will give you a nice way to otherwise see what you're trying to look for. Oh, boy. How cool. Uh, speaking of underwhelming excitement, something uh, non-related to the Google I.O. conference that I found is they're working on a 10-step skin tone scale for AI. And I saw this and it made me raise such an eyebrow that I clicked into it and started looking more into it. How black are you? Yeah, that's kind of what this AI project seeks to solve. <laughs> I, I, I'm reading the uh, the recommended practice that uh, that the, the official skintone.google website has on here. And it's recommended practices in machine tone, machine research, uh, machine learning research, that is. And it's got these like woke ass recommendations like skin tone can be subjective and don't equate skin tone to race. Wait, okay, but if skin tone's subjective, then why do you have a 10 step scale? Yeah, that's <laughs> actually exactly what I wanted to bring up here is what are we doing with this and what? issue is ai having with detecting people color <laughs> well and, and i i mean that in the most unracial way possible i'm not talking about your origins i'm talking about the literal like bit representation of your skin ai really hates black people and is that because of the hardware we like does the hardware that we point at people have a hard time seeing 0x ffff as opposed to 0x 0000 uh no it's more that at least as far as i'm aware the biggest problem as far as uh race in machine learning is that uh machine learning just really likes to call black people criminals and also <laughs> likes to say that they all look exactly the same and i think it's just because of the models that they train uh have yeah, like I data sets so. that are way too stacked with uh with white people yeah almost certainly it's you're, you're being fed a uh a database of 950 crackers and 50 <laughs> other right and so it's like they the, these ones stand out they're the problem like i don't know i i i'm not as involved in this as i as i should be to say anything like conclusive but this all just seems not important from the perspective of two white guys on the internet who is this for <laughs> i'm yeah. i am curious who is this for please please at me with details i'm not joking i am curious I, to learn more about this the okay so so uh, there's an faq thing and uh it says we recognize that many products do not work as well for people with darker skin tones 
these disparities reflect and can even reinforce systemic inequalities, and we want to help bridge these gaps. So it seems like it is sort of talking about what I was just talking about, but Wouldn't I the don't... real solution be better data sets and not different tools? Maybe maybe that's what they're maybe that's what they're trying to get at. They're just not really advertising it too well. And maybe the idea is that you if you want uh to have like a an all encompassing data set to represent humans, then you need to have equal amounts of data that are part of each of these skin tones or something. Like like you you need to you need to have like a certain quota of each of these skin tones or else your data is not going to be good or something. Yeah, that's uh, when I was poking around it it looks like this is a whole separate tool set and maybe that's a good start it just from a, a developer's point of view I never want to see a problem such as what I anticipate in this case to be like this could be caused by a bad subset of data and be like no, it's the tools that's wrong. It just it it it's a bad smell, you know. God, it's just, Obviously, yeah. you know you you sound like you agree with me in that. I I think so. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to go through this FAQ and try to find anything that like makes gives sense. more solid definition. I know. I'm yeah. I I'm. It's not that I'm too white for it. It's I'm I'm too uneducated to really know what this service is really for. Yeah, and, and I can't help but feel like the fact that they brought it up at Google I.O. at all just seems like virtue signaling. Maybe, and I, I want to have better intentions than that. I just, I wish I knew more. Yeah. Uh, next, we're talking about is Google Assistant is getting some updates. Uh, most pressingly, it's adding face re uh, facial recognition for initiating the Assistant. Yeah, with the Nest Hub Max, which I am assuming you don't have one of those either? No. No, I don't see any benefit to owning one of those products. So when you're at home, you know, making something in the kitchen and your hands are full, instead of walking to your device and saying the the words I'm not going to say, otherwise my phone's going to go off, you could just look at your device and it'll start talking to you now, which is dystopian. Yeah, I just, I don't. I don't see the value in having a, t a a tablet that can only sit on a table and doesn't run Android apps. I don't I don't get that because that's no, all the Nest Hub Max is. This is people who have disposed like I don't have money <laughs> to throw away on stupid shit. Like this is really what it comes down to. Yeah, and like this is this is a clout purchase. Even whenever I do have money to throw away on shit like this, I'm like. <sighs> Why would I do this whenever I could get an actual Android tablet and then like put or like have it connect to my home server that has a home bridge on it, which can like interconnect every other a smart home standard together and do way more things. And if you need to pick it up and take it with you, you could fucking do it. Mm hmm. Uh, and hey, these are. These are these are these are smart people thoughts you and I are having here. <laughs> yeah, and the Nest Hub Max is like for normies with way too much money and not enough brain. Quick Next phrases up. that you can 
use those to bypass the Google talk, say, say that Google word. I can't say it either. Cause I've got a, I've got a Google home mini sitting behind me. I don't want to say it. The devices are listening. <laughs> They're in the house right now. Uh, you can choose which phrases listens for, and they're improving natural conversation performance. I literally it, never use my Google Home for anything. By the way, like, I, I, I will, I will sometimes be like, "Hey, when did this person die?" And that's about it. I use mine for timers. That's about it. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, understand I, these products. I guess I should say that's not fair. I actually, I talk to my phone quite a bit, like. If I'm driving, I will just ask my phone whatever stupid question is coming through my head. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I will use it to practice German. If, if I ask it a question in German, it will respond to me. That's and really like cool. It, it has utility. Yeah. Not on my kitchen table, though. <laughs> I I wish that I could say I do the same thing, but every time I try that with Siri, it's awful and doesn't work. <laughs> I want to do that with Siri. <laughs> I'm like, hey Siri, can you answer a question for me? And then she'll just be like, uh, Googling, can you search a question for me? <laughs> no, nah, I can't answer that because uh, I got to show you a picture as part of the result, and I can't do that while you're driving. I I could just read the description of the picture, but I'm Siri and I'm shit. Also, my Google Assistant speaks to me in an Australian accent, and that's fun. That's I cool. I do wish the uh, the Google Assistant had more voices. Siri's got a lot of voices. Gotta give her that. Uh, and I bet with AI, that'll probably be something that will be coming to a future near us soon. Maybe a future involving Android 13. Which is getting some new handoff features. I shouldn't say new. This, In the one case of things being reversed, this is a feature that existed on Apple that I was I, I wanted on Android. Now it's here. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Yeah, hand handoff on iOS and macOS is pretty fucking cool. Uh, we were t talking about it before we were recording. It it has like genuine practical use. Yeah, this is something that you could just see and do, and immediately you never want to go back to doing it the old way ever again. It's genuinely one of the things that has had me like had me wanting to get a MacBook. Uh, I actually I got. I have a really old iMac that um, can't run the current version of macOS, but the version it runs does have some handoff features. Uh, and it's really cool to be able to see my text messages on that computer. And it's really cool to be able to like, when I need to take a picture for something like even, in, even in like a web browser, like where you go to select file, uh, you can say, take a photo. And it will let you use your iPhone to take the photo and then it'll just show up as the item that you've selected in Safari. Uh, and I was using yeah, the example of like, super cool. yeah, I was using the example of uh, you need to scan a document or something. And rather than having to take a photo on your phone of the document using your scanning software or whatever, and then either emailing that to yourself or putting it into iCloud and then going into iCloud on your Mac and then opening it there, you just right-click in a finder window, say, take a photo or, or scan document, and then you pull out your phone. And, like, 
it'll it even like shows a preview of what you're doing on the computer's display like it all feels so seamless and it's really fucking cool and like they finally added the feature of being able to use your ipad as a second monitor on your mac in this so uh, in the last point update uh and that's one of the coolest fucking things i've ever seen so yeah uh really glad that that google is catching up with that one of the few times google is catching up with apple like you said that's what i was saying <laughs> yeah so good, good on them it's it's only going to bring for better devices yeah speaking uh, of better devices unless you had a closing thought oh um they also have google wallet which is another catch-up thing where they're yep they're going to be adding support for ids and transit passes which is Just, something that ios added with the last update too uh the, the more options they have for portability and convenience the better it's going to be uh, i'm only a little skeptical of putting all of your eggs in one basket in the case that someone steals your phone and it has your credit card and it has mm-hmm. your train pass mm-hmm. and it, <laughs> you, you could really be hurt on that one mm-hmm. and your id like yeah i don't know uh, well, uh, well yeah if you live in was... illinois everything uses your driver's license number here right uh, one thing that they are doing with Google Wallet is they are adding more incorporations for Face ID. So, you know, maybe if somebody steals your phone, it won't be as dangerous and life-ruining as it could be. Of mention, uh, Google Pixel Buds Pro. The $200 earphones, people. Yeah, don't. Next. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Just don't. Don't. God. I mean, like, I... I've had some people in the, the professional, uh, you know, I work with executives a lot and sometimes they definitely make purchases just cause they have the budget to throw away. It's stupid little stuff like that. Like for every time I've had to set up a job for elite that gets used once and then basically thrown away. That's, that's who's buying these Google pixel buds, bro. Yeah. Like I, I was in the market for some nice wireless earbuds, um, uh, like a year ago or so. And I was considering getting AirPods only because they were like 120. And that's a pretty much the, the range that every other set of wireless earbuds are in. Uh, I ended up not going with them because uh, the Raycons were cheaper. And my wife insisted on getting Raycons because they support one of the youtubers that we watch but yeah like don't don't spend two hundred dollars on a pair of headphones it's not worth it especially earbuds especially Especially earbuds now something that you might be able to feel a little better throwing money away on is the google pixel 6a the 7 and the 7 pro uh another topic we were discussing before we started recording as far as flagship top of the line maybe not top of the line but Flagship, definitely phones. These are going to be some of the cheaper options available for you with the features that you want to have in a phone. Well, at least with the 6A. The 7 is going to be their next-gen flagship phone that's going to have the Tensor processor Gen 2 or whatever, and that one's probably going to be like eight or $900. But <sighs> for 450 I don't think the 6A is a bad deal. Um, no. Because it's running the same processor as the current uh, Pixel 6 or whatever. Um, I don't know what all that means 
I just know that it's good. And they're trying again to be like Apple and run their own silicon. Uh, and it is supposedly pretty good, pretty good silicon there. Um, I want to point out, I, this was actually what made me, uh, toot this on Mastodon. Um, I tooted about, uh, <laughs> about the fact that companies like to be like, we use recycled aluminum in our products. We use all paper packaging in our products. And like, don't get me wrong. It's great that they're doing that because we need to use recyclable and biodegradable uh, pretty much everything. But it seems to me like whenever you're, whenever you're going, Hey, this product uses all recycled aluminum in it uh you're trying to imply that you're carbon neutral or or at least that you're you're helping with the environment and and you know climate change and all that but at the end of the day uh those materials have to get processed at a plant that still just blows carbon out into the air it's like even even if all you're doing is like grinding up the aluminum and melting it down, there's a bunch of electricity that's being used in that process. And I bet that electricity is coming from a coal plant or something of that of that realm. It's it's gonna be coming from, from carbon fuel. Uh most manufacturing is not done using solar power or wind energy or whatever. So if anything, it just kind of feels like the company is passing the buck. They're saying, yeah, we're carbon neutral, but ignoring the fact that part of the supply chain still involves a lot of unnecessary carbon expulsion. Uh, obviously, like, there's no easy answer to how to fix that uh, other than stop making new phones every fucking year. We That's don't need start. them. We it, like it's so unnecessary for Apple in particular really pisses me off with it because they're so fucking smug about everything that they do. And they're like, we're going with all paper packaging and we're not including a charging brick with our new iPhones because everyone already has a charging brick. And, and it's like, yeah, OK, yeah, that's cool. You're still releasing a new iPhone and like multiple models of that iPhone every fucking year. And you want people to buy them. You don't release a product not expecting people to buy them. Like, if you actually gave a shit about your carbon footprint, you'd release a phone every, like, three years. Or you'd stop making the old one whenever you start making the new one. But you're not doing that. You're not winding down production on the old models. You're still making them because you want a cheaper option. Because you still just want people to buy your fucking shit that's still destroying the planet. You're still using rare earth metals that don't get recycled. You're still using conflict materials in all of your products. And you're just ignoring all of that because, hey, at least we packaged it with sustainable paper packaging, which still has to get processed at a paper mill, which still gives off plenty of fucking carbon fucking shit. <laughs> I agree with everything you just said. I agree. Uh. Anyway, what do you think of the new watch? I, it's got a curved glass screen. I don't know. It's, it's a watch. Not, a, not oh. enough to upgrade my my core my 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 Gear Three port. 
was the gear th- is the gear three the one that has android wear or is that a tizen uh this is tizen okay so i guess it was the the gear four that switched back to android wear uh yeah i'm still still using an apple watch uh series three uh and there is literally nothing that i've seen so far of the watch that makes me go oh wow what a what a great thing but also i don't think they've shown off uh everything as far as specs i uh i'm curious as to the like fitness tracking capability uh because like yeah it's probably just a gimmick but i can't help but feel like if you're if you're going to release a premium uh smartwatch you need to at least have feature parity with the current apple watch so -hmm. if you don't have an ekg or whatever on on this watch then you're you're a step down just objectively uh even with your fucking fancy curved screen I also just don't like circular screen watches anymore. I don't think I ever did, but I don't know. I don't, I don't get why everyone is so crazy about having a circular screen watch. I want it to be square, like square, no wasted it's, space. It's not a deal breaker for me. I, I agree with you. It's, it's not good space allocation, but it works. Yeah. It's thing is I'm using it most of the time as a clock. Yeah, it works. And I, I guess that's just, well, I know. I know that that's just me. That's it. The perfect smartwatch is the Pebble Time. That was like if they had added. Well, whenever they added a heartbeat sensor to the Pebble Time, uh, and it still had seven days of battery life, and it still had a screen that you could read in direct sunlight, and it was always on. Like that was it. They did it. I love Pebble. It was great. Yeah. And every single smartwatch after that has tried so hard to reach that same point and gotten nowhere near it because I still have to charge my watch. My wife still has to charge her brand new Apple Watch 7 every other day, minimum, probably every night. Uh, it, you can't see the screen in direct sunlight very well. Uh, not to mention touch screens on smartwatches, not a great interface, just not, not, not compared to having buttons on the side that can handle everything. Um, like I can't, I know, I know it, I'm the weirdo that uses his devices in the shower, but like, I can't even wear my Apple watch in the shower because it just becomes useless. Like, yeah, I know that. Wear my watch in the shower. I, I think I've only done it like once or twice, though. But like, I could with my Pebble Time text in the shower with my watch if I wanted to. I did do that. I've used mine for music before. Yeah, and you can control music with your watch. You can't do that with a touchscreen watch in the shower because it's water. Ha! Like mine can't. Well, do you have like a? Well, yeah, because you have like, doesn't the doesn't the gear use like the you rotate the bezel or whatever? It's got buttons and a rotatable bezel. Like oh, a there you go. Gear. Yeah, so like like having buttons makes such a big difference. But even even so, like I don't know, I I 
why can't I have seven days of battery life? Why don't we just use e-paper displays on these things? I don't fucking yeah, understand. There, especially now that it's you know not the dead of winter anymore, it's gotten to a point where sometimes I'm using my watch and I just I can't see what I'm actually looking at. Mm -hmm. That defeats the purpose. Yeah, even even uh, I got a Sony. I think it was just called a Sony smartwatch. Um, but it was like one of the first Android Wear devices. When I, I think yeah, it was just called Android Wear then. Now it's Wear OS. Who cares? Uh. That used a transflective LCD display because OLED doesn't work very well in direct sunlight. The transflective sure. display does uh, because whenever sunlight hits it, it has like a weird holographic effect. So it so it still works perfectly well and the display can be always on. I know we've been okay. going for almost two hours. I just, you know. I just, oh, it's, I just, this is good stuff. Okay. I wonder how much more expensive that is as opposed to an. I, I mean, I know that's the benefit it, of OLED. It's cheap as fuck. Uh, it wasn't very expensive, I don't think. Uh, I want to say even then it was like maybe 200, maybe 250 tops. And that was like whenever smartwatches were still super niche and all of them were pretty expensive. Like now you can get, if you, if you just want like a heartbeat sensor on your wrist, you can get one from China for like 20 bucks. You could probably just get a heartbeat sensor, like not even a watch, yeah. just a heartbeat sensor. You can, you can. I think like fucking even Garmin like makes those. Connect it to a, an app on your smartphone. It'll do all the same stuff that the watch will do. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's really, you know, get the right device for you. Yeah. I, I love my smartwatch in the sense that I use it literally every day. Yeah, like for, same here. It, it it offers a lot of utility, just I don't always want to be pulled. Like, uh, a good example, I was working uh, on a ladder, like crawling over a bunch of medical devices on Friday. If I would have had to have stopped and checked that, you know, like I was discussing, you know, this is the port, this is, you know, it's live now, it's plugged in, it's on. If I had to pull out my phone for every single update, it would have probably added another 20 minutes to what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And like, there's, yeah, it just the people underestimate how much of an inconvenience it is to have to pull out your phone every time you feel it vibrate. I pull out my phone. I unlock my phone. I open up my messenger app or I look at my wrist. I swipe my wrist. I say what I want to say done. Yeah. Like I, I do miss, uh, cause like, do you have the ability? I don't know about Tizen, but like, do you have the ability whenever you get a notification where you just like shake your wrist and then, it shows you more of the message or whatever. No, but I can just like glide my finger across the screen or turn the bevel and it'll continue reading. So it was a, it was a thing uh, that they added to Android wear just before uh, the smartwatch stopped being supported uh, where uh, Android wear had uh, wrist gestures. So like you got a notification, so you'd lift up your wrist. It would show you what the notification was. And then you'd shake your wrist backwards and forwards uh, once, and then it would go down to show you the details of the message. And then if you wanted to respond, you could shake it up and down, and that would go into, like, the reply thing. So you could do everything without actually having to touch your watch at all. Um, that is pretty neat. Uh, yeah. And, and it's perfect, because I just got epilepsy, so I, I plan <laughs> on doing a lot more shaking now. Oh, well... Wait. That was that was probably an offensive joke. Actually. Why epilepsy? 
I guess it's better than saying you got Parkinson's. Or, or Tourette's or whatever. I mean, there's plenty <laughs> of things that can make you shake. Uh, yeah. Um, well, if there was anything else on that Google I.O., uh, I didn't think it was worth mentioning. You didn't Did you want to talk about the tablet? Not really. I didn't either. <laughs> I don't I, care. I, I guess an honorable mention is they're working on... Uh, AR maps upgrades that have like foxes that walk on the path that is the path you're supposed to walk. And <laughs> one thing I do think is cool is you could put down uh, augmented reality objects like flowers and stuff, and other people will see that. That's straight out of Shadow, and I love that. I really want to see what the fuck the AR glasses are going to be. I want. And they uh, didn't show nothing. It's just yeah, a lady showed... who's like, I could translate and look at it like a subtitle. Yeah, I'm down for that. But show me more. Yeah, I want to see like what it actually looks like, and not what it looks like in an After Effects thing. Yeah, I don't want to see the render of what you expect it to look like once you're done. But I, I imagine that they've probably done some pretty fucking cool things, uh, considering I, I saw a Kickstarter uh, earlier this week for a pair of quote unquote air AR glasses. They're not really, but it uses the same projection technique is that google glass did where you have like the display that's projected onto your lenses um and like if a kickstarter product can do that for 200 dollars, google probably has done some pretty amazing things in the last few years if anyone's gonna do it it's probably them yeah i'm i'm at a point where i definitely need to get my lenses like checked again and i've I sort of want to pick. I, do you think? Do you think we could wait for smart glasses? Are we close enough? <sighs> I really want them. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, it. It. I. I hadn't actually watched the trailer thing until just now. Uh. God, I hope that this works as, even like, half as well, as what they're they're implying that this will work, like. Because it, it, this is pretty fuck. This is amazing. This is amazing looking. I want this. I so want bad. it to work. I I want it to be cool. And I don't. At the very least, people are working on it, which is a good sign, even if it doesn't work well. But it's probably going to cost like six hundred dollars. And that's mm, mm, yeah. Mm, can't yeah. make that a little cheaper. Yeah, I I four fifty. I'd pay four fifty for a pair of smart glasses. Like. I don't know how much you paid for your regular glasses. I only paid like $200 for mine. Yeah, mine were about $200, uh, not including like contacts and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that's going to be a little tough to justify, especially like if you can't easily replace the lenses because that's going to be a thing too. Like you get prescription lenses for them and then like, can you mail them in to get new lenses or do you have to buy a whole new pair of Google glasses? Can I have transitional glare proof? Yeah, that too. Glasses? Can I have transition lenses? Cause like I've had transition lenses for six years now and I can't really imagine life without them. I don't want to go back to my non-transition life. No, I don't want two different sets of glasses or God forbid wearing clip-ons again. <sighs> no, I can't go back to that. No. Well, that's 
just about it then if we didn't have anything else worth mentioning with uh the the google io show in general like i, I kind of wish i was more thrilled about it like they're working on stuff don't get me wrong it's just it's not there yet it ain't there yet yeah we're uh we're back in the whole tech stagnation part of being alive i guess i guess um you know next time we go in the cycle we'll see all this new tech and then we'll be disappointed by the price and five years after that we'll see all this old tech that's starting to show its age but they'll start <laughs> talking about the next thing and we'll just perpetually be upset yeah i love this uh treadmill what i don't there's a word for it but i'm i'm gonna keep on pushing this rock up this mountain and yeah maybe someday we'll get to the top and we'll actually have nice stuff at least the steam oh. deck will be here in a couple months yeah i i can't wait to have uh a better switch hopefully yeah one thing i did want to mention uh it's not really like article worthy it's just something they're talking about making is uh back when nathan was still here we were talking about how much i missed playing cues of war like just as far as like you know 3v3 fighting or whatever it was it was it was legit it was a fun time it is uh, it being the gears of war series is going to get the master chief collection treatment where it seems like they're going to remaster the first three and probably make them incredibly interplayable with the console and pc mm -hmm. and i'm for it I've, I've been saying at least for a month now that i would be interested in that sort of thing and i guess one of our listeners is uh somebody at microsoft who has the power to make that happen because it's <laughs> happening so it's so another one of the situations you know where uh you say what you want and then microsoft goes oh okay yeah we'll do that you you will throw money at this oh okay if you say so uh three three had horde mode right uh two had horde mode two and two three. two had horde mode too i played so much horde mode in gears of war 2 yeah that like river house the, the one with the uh, the it had like a stream going halfway through it in a broken barn yeah so much on that map yeah horde mode was like my fucking jam because i was shit at the normal multiplayer so uh yeah if that that ends up happening it'll be on game pass and uh i'll probably get in on that shit because i'd also like to replay the first gears of war because that was my favorite one yep and they, they all got incredibly i never played three but two had already lost the plot like halfway through oh yeah yeah i have no fucking idea what was going on uh when, eventually what was his name dom the guy who's always like that's my wife yeah yeah dom whenever dom whatever the wife, fuck. whatever but they're fun games. Cold train. Chainsaw goes room. Chainsaw. Chainsaw gun. So yeah, that's that's the Reading Entertainment program for today. Um, we, we're Sun. we're pleased to announce that Reading is the new queen. Sun. They uh, all all across London, they're tearing down all the statues Sun. of Freddie Mercury and they're Sun. erecting Nathan statues. Chun 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 chun. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will be here next week. It'll definitely still be a Rowan and I. Nathan will not be back. He's never coming back. So uh, I, I hope you like the new format. Tune in for more chainsaws next week. Chun gun.